John chapter 9, verse 19, and they asked them, saying, is this your son? We're picking up here in the middle of a story where Jesus has healed a blind man. And the Jews, of course, are disturbed over the blind man being healed, and they are making accusations that Jesus has sinned because he has healed a man on the Sabbath day. And so they go, they said, first off, we don't even believe it was a real miracle because this man really wasn't born blind. This really isn't the blind man. And so they, they go to ask the parents of the blind man, is this really your son who was born blind? And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? See, they were trying to catch them because if they said Jesus did it, they would then murder them because they were so opposed to anybody declaring that Jesus was truly a miracle worker. His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we, we don't know. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He's of age, he's old enough, ask him, and he shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already, had agreed already that if any man did confess that Jesus was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. So therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. They were wise. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. They were so certain. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know. That whereas I was blind, now I see. With the help of the Lord and your help tonight, I'm going to preach on this subject, the power of an experience. The power of an experience. I feel the Holy Ghost already. Let's just ask the Lord to have his way among us tonight. Lord, move among your people right now. Let the Holy Ghost fall in this place. Let there be an experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Saturate this house. People who have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost will receive tonight by the power that is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do your work now, we ask. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Turn to two or three people around you and just say there's power in an experience. There's power in an experience. God bless you. You can be seated. 
I want to begin tonight by mentioning some of the basic identifying marks of Christian Life Church. This is not going to be strange to most of you. You're very familiar and you well know. But I do believe that we should be proud of who we are. I don't want to hide the fact of who I am. Our apostolic identity ought to be something that we are thankful to the Lord of. I believe we ought to be proud of who we are in Christ. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in that day, I'm going to be ashamed of you. So to begin with tonight, I'm not ashamed of the fact that we are Christian in our faith. How many Christians do we have in the house tonight? We are Christian in our faith. We are apostolic in our doctrine. That means we believe, teach, preach, and live the apostles' doctrine. How many apostolics do we have in the house tonight? And we are Pentecostal by experience. That means we have experienced Pentecost. How many Pentecostals do we have in the house tonight? It's hard to argue with experience. People say, I don't think there's anything to it. Have you experienced it? Well, I don't know if there's, it just can't be all of that. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Pentecost is more than a denomination. As a matter of fact, Pentecost is not a denomination at all. Pentecost is an experience. The word Pentecost is a Greek word signifying the 50th part of something among the Jews. It was applied to one of their three great feasts, which began on the 50th day after the Passover. It was also a harvest festival and was accordingly called the Feast of Harvest. And it was for this reason that two loaves made of new meal were offered on this occasion as a first fruits unto the Lord. There were a lot of festivals that took place at the Feast of Pentecost. There was no there, 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 there was a reason to celebrate. God had delivered his people out of the bondage of Egypt and he had supplied their need. It was the point of Passover. There's a great reason. But, but there's something that I must consider about Pentecost because up to that point, the Feast of Pentecost had, had lacked any eternal significance. It was a time of celebration. It was a time to rejoice about what God had done in times past. But the feast had become a mere ritual. People came together. It was was like a family reunion. They got together and they did a lot of eating. They must have been apostolic Pentecostals. But the thing is, is when they left their celebration of Pentecost, they went back home to their same old life and their same old habits 
and their same old problems. Nothing changed in their life. They showed up, they attended, they were part of Pentecost, but there was nothing that really changed in their life. But on a particular year, they gathered for their feast. But the mood now was much different in the city of Jerusalem. They're coming together. They're there for the feast. Maybe it was because just a few weeks before, Jesus had been crucified. And there were claims that were being spread around that he had resurrected from the grave. Those who were buying into his story were claiming that they saw him in the streets and, and, and only just a few days later, but they knew they had buried him, put him in a tomb, and they had put soldiers there to guard the tomb. Yet they are claiming that there, he is being seen in the city streets. They're claiming that they saw him ascend up into heaven. And to top all of this off, there were some talk about the promise that he was going to send back and some sort of commandment that he said go back into the city of Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power from on high now on that day in the book of Acts there was a new meeting going on in town there was about 120 people who believed what he had said and they gathered together in a, in a small up stairs apartment building referred to in the New Testament as the upper room. It's in the middle of Jerusalem and they had a prayer meeting going on but not a prayer meeting like you and I are used to attending for it went on through the day and the night and it went on into the next day. We had an all night prayer meeting here some time ago. It was wonderful. It was good just a few weeks ago when we had an all night prayer meeting but can you imagine being part of a prayer meeting that went all day, all night, all day the next day, the next night, and continued without ceasing for seven days. They gathered and continued to pray and continued to believe the Lord and on into the next week. They continue. It was the talk of the town, perhaps. The Bible even says it like this. It was noised abroad. Meaning it was the talk of town. Everybody knew. Everybody in Jerusalem was talking about there's some kind of prayer meeting going on. I, I don't know why. I don't know why Mary's not here. I don't know why Martha didn't show up to the family reunion. She missed last night's dinner. She normally is in the kitchen taking care of things. But I guess she went over there to that prayer meeting at the church. I don't know what's going on in that upper room. There a bunch of crazy people up there. I, I guess I, I'm not real sure what what's going on, but it was noised abroad. Everybody is talking about what is going on. The Bible said it was noised abroad. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ had changed the entire conversation that normally happened during the Feast of Pentecost. And then the Bible says that on the final day day of the feast, something happened that had never happened before. Pentecost was about to become something more than just a feast day. Pentecost
Pentecost was about to become a powerful day of experience. For many, Pentecost was about to become a day of real change in their life. For years they had been coming together on the day of Pentecost. They celebrated and when the feasts come together and the celebrations ended at the fullness of the day on the day of Pentecost they left and went back the same way that they had always come. But for about 120 that were gathered in an upper room they were about to experience something that was life changing. And when they went back to their homes and their families and their jobs and whatever else they had going on they were going back with an absolute change in their life they were about to experience something that would revolutionize their life I don't know about you but I remember the day I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance Oh, what a change. How many of you remember? How many of you remember where you were? You remember the change in your life? Boy, it's been a long time since some of you have been excited about it. I don't know about you, but when I got the Holy Ghost, I went back to school and I told everybody, people that didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was, hey, I got the Holy Ghost Sunday. I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. And they're looking around thinking, Lord, have mercy. What in the world is he talking about? I was so excited. I wanted to tell everybody. I went back to church. I'm telling everybody, don't ever lose the joy of your experience. Don't ever let it get old to you. Don't ever let it become something old. You need to... You need to go back. If, you, if it's been a while, you need to go back for a refresher until it becomes something excited in you. The Bible said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it ought to be flowing out of you. It ought to come like an artesian flow out of your life. Acts chapter 2 says that they're gathered in the upper room and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all of the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them. Verse 4 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody say they experienced it. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I know what some say. They say, yep, that's exactly right. The book of Acts is not wrong. It is correct. The Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost. It was for the apostles and it was for those on the day of Pentecost for the 120. But what I want to know about is what happened the next day and what happened a week later when 3,000 people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost the same way. And all through the book of Acts when they were filled with the Holy Ghost the same way. What are they going to do with the scripture said that that promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call besides all of the facts everybody say the facts facts. 
besides all the facts. And I could preach to you facts all night. We could just stay here for a while tonight. And I could just keep showing you in Scripture where people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and where it is still applicable for the New Testament church. I could preach to you the facts, but I'm going to go beyond facts tonight. And I'm going to tell you that I have an experience. Don't tell me the Holy Ghost isn't real. I feel it all up in here tonight. I know he's real because I went to a meeting one night. I was baptized in his name. I came out of the water. He filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave me the utterance. People began to question, what must we do? (laughs) Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice. Some of you wonder why I scream when I preach. He's acting like Peter. He lifted up his voice. Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunk as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. That means they acted like they were a little crazy. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, I know what you did and I know what the 120 did. But what must we do. <laughs> Somebody shout the power of experience. Peter stood up and said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I come tonight to tell you he's still calling people to repentance. We're still baptizing in the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus, and people are still receiving the experience of the Holy Ghost. A couple of years ago, my wife and I were blessed to be able to take a two-day vacation. We flew out to Los Angeles. That's right, it was two days. We flew out to Los Angeles, California. We left one morning, flew out, got there in the afternoon, rented a car, made it to the beach just as the sun was setting. The next day we were going to drive up Highway 1, up the beach and just see the beauty. Never been out there before. Wanted to see what it was all like. We rented a convertible. It got cold. I asked my wife, what do you want to do? No plan, no agenda. It's her kind of vacation. No plan, no agenda. She said, well, there's two things I want to do. One, I want to go to the fashion district. It was a bust. Two, I want to go to Azusa Street. How many of you know about Azusa Street? Azusa Street is where the modern day outpouring of the Spirit 
where it began to be noised abroad. So we went down to Azusa Street and we parked trying to find Azusa Street. We found Skid Row, a cardboard city where unthinkable things were happening right on the street. And they were looking up wondering, those poor people, they are lost because they don't look like they belong here. We finally found Azusa Street. We pulled up and parked. I had already heard about it. We got out. We started looking. We went to the to went around looking. We had our camera in hand. And when we got there, all we found, there was only one thing left of the Azusa Street revival. One physical thing that is left, and it is a street sign that states this is the place where the Pentecostal movement began. They're wrong. (laughs) Acts chapter 2 tells us where the Pentecostal movement began. On the day of Pentecost. We went around looking, taking pictures of a sign, every angle of the sign. (laughs) But what once was is no more. But it did spread abroad from there. But I'm going to tell you something. What happened in Azusa Street, because there is nothing there, there was a building there, and you know my wife, There was a building for rent right on the corner. The sign is there. The entrance is there. We're in Los Angeles, California. We can barely afford a Coke and a hotel room. This building is for sale. She said, check into it. We need to start a mission right there. We need to bring back Azusa Street. But I am going to tell you something. I told somebody the other day, I don't want it to ever be said that we are now living in the heyday of Christian Life Church. I can go back and pull out some old preaching notes to you and tell you what I preached to you about 10 years ago. And what I preached about 10 years ago was that I believed that God was going to set this church up. Because I wanted my kids to experience the kind of church that I grew up in. And I want them to have the same apostolic experience that I remember as a kid growing up. I don't want it to ever be said of the church, that's where it used to happen. I don't want anybody to ever drive by 850 Delphi Avenue and say the church is over there now and they're in the bigger building. But boy, it used to be powerful when they were at 850 Delphi Avenue. I come tonight to tell you that the experience that we have here can't be contained in a building. It's going to go with us when we go over there. The same dynamic services. The same worship experience. We're going to keep preaching about the experience of Acts 2.38. Jesus name baptism. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. Separation from the world. We're going to keep preaching it.
This is no time to step back from this wonderful experience of the Holy Ghost. But it's time to step forward and boldly declare the world once scoffed at Pentecostal experiences, but today they're embracing it. I know you're wanting me to be done so you can get to Pizza Hut, but let me finish. I read an article some time ago. And the article stated that the Southern Baptist Convention voted. They have to vote on it. (laughs) I'm never going to vote on the operation of the Holy Ghost, by the way. The Southern Baptist Convention voted to accept speaking in tongues as an acceptable practice in their church. Isn't that something? Oh, don't scoff at it, folks. God is setting up an end-time revival. Mm. I know you're laughing at the fact they had to vote about it, but I'm going to tell you what, if it's in the Word of God, I'm not voting about it. If you don't like it, find another place that, that you can go and find what you like. Or find you another preacher and I'll go find me a pulpit and get somebody that likes it. But I'm going to preach what is in the Word of God. I don't hinder the pulpit. Don't tie the mouth of the preacher. I have an experience that I want the world to experience. Don't knock it till you try it. Get on board with it. Be part of it. Come on, CLC, we can't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. By the way, I think I read somewhere in this book where the scripture says that the angels desire to even look into this. (laughs) The angels desire, they want to look into it, but they can't. That means we have some kind of an experience that the angels can't even enjoy. Oh, I declare tonight that gone are the days of religious ritualism. Gone are the days of church as usual. We don't need more religious formalism. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to transform individuals, to change lives. We need the powerful Pentecostal experience to be prevalent in every service. There is nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. In my short life of 49 years, I've seen people vexed with devils delivered. I witnessed a man that could not speak and could not hear, completely healed. He heard and he spoke. I saw a little girl not long ago that was deaf, but I saw her healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I've seen cancer healed. I have seen the dead raised. Come on, some of you are witnesses tonight. I've seen the dead brought back to life. They no man going to do this. You can look around and say, how in the world is that possible? I don't know how it's possible, but this much I know. They once were dead, but now they're alive. They once were blind, but now they see. I don't know, but I have an experience that tells me it's still real. 
I got to get to our text. I got 40 more minutes. The young man who had been blind since birth was healed by the power of God. The religious people began to doubt. There's the problem with getting too religious. I'll take an experience over religion anytime. Others said Jesus was a sinner or perhaps had done miracles by the power of Satan himself. When the young man was called in for questioning, the young man said, I don't really have a lot of answers for you. I may not understand it all, but this much I know. I once was blind, but now I see. It's hard to argue with experience. I want you to know tonight that God has commissioned this preacher to come to this pulpit and preach a message of hope and deliverance to somebody in this room that came. I came tonight to tell you there's nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. It will change you. It will transform you. It will transform your future. It will transform your family. It will transform everybody you come in contact with. If you have not been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, don't leave here tonight without having received it. It's your promise when you are baptized in the name of Jesus you ought to experience it oh taste and see that the Lord he is good hey God's got the power to set somebody free tonight He's got the power to bless somebody, to refresh somebody. Maybe you've been living in spiritual poverty. Maybe your bank account's overdrawn. Maybe your life is even bankrupt. But this day I come tonight to tell you that if you will experience the power of the Holy Ghost, it will put something in you that you're not going to care about what's happening in the world around you. All that's going to matter is I once was blind. But now I see. I just wonder tonight, is there anybody in the house that could lift a hand and say, I want to experience. I want an experience. I want an experience. Come on, lift your hand high if you want an experience tonight. I want an experience of Pentecost. I want an experience. Go ahead and stand with me right now. Why don't you just lift your hands? Why don't you just begin to cry out to the Lord right where you are. Lord, let the wind of Pentecost begin to blow through this house right now. Let the resurrecting power of the Almighty God flow through this building right now. In the, come on, church, lift your voice with me right now. In the name of Jesus, why don't you go ahead and cry out to the Lord right now. Go ahead and pray with me right now. Come on, let your prayer be heard. Don't worry about your neighbor that's next to you. It's been dark in your world. You've had, it's been dark for weeks and months and maybe years of turmoil, pain, and heartache and trouble. But God sent a messenger here tonight to tell you that He's able to change your situation. He's able to bring you up out of your trouble. God wants to give you overcoming power. God wants to refresh and restore and renew you today. God wants to empower you with things that you have never experienced before. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven and cry out to the Lord right now. God wants to help you tonight. Come on, your help is here tonight. Your help is here. It's now. It's time.
Come on, lift up your voice. Let's turn this house into a prayer room. The day of Pentecost happened when 120 were in one mind and one accord. In other words, they were in complete agreement. If we would get in 100% agreement in this room right now, there is no telling what would happen. If distractions left the room and people got in one mind and one accord, I have a feeling tonight when doubt dissipates, when people go ahead, if you're full of doubt tonight, go ahead feel free you're dismissed if you're full of doubt you're dismissed but if you want the power of the Holy Ghost tonight I want you just to tune in to what God is wanting to do come on reach out to him right now we don't want another altar call just another ritual we don't want to just go through another few minutes of coming forward but we want God to pour out his spirit on us right now Come on, everybody in the house, one mind, one accord. Nobody's looking, nobody's walking. Everybody's seeking God right now. Come on, let's seek Him with everything we have. Let's turn this house into a prayer room. Turn this house into a prayer room right now. Reach to him right now. Reach to him right now. Oh, for an hour. 